And Greg Bishop, we would appreciate you putting this on Couch and Roundup. Oh my God. Look at you. Megan for your time. So. Now it's time Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Yeah. It's the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Brought to you each and every week by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Hey, if there's a council meeting on a Tuesday night, I listen to it Wednesday morning. Double speed, digest it all, and bring you the highlights here on the Council Roundup. Uh, and a lot to get to. Uh, it looked like it was a two-hour meeting, but like 45 minutes of it was executive session. And we get a little bit of insight in what that executive session was all about. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but a lot to get to, uh, including some sad news to pass along. Alderman Joe McMiniman was the chair of last night's Committee of the Whole, uh, and he shared some sad news about uh, a couple of uh, city employees that recently passed away. And I think it's important just to, to recognize the public service that they provided and uh, how uh, they, they, they lost their lives far too early. My name is Andrew Drew Dayball. Started with the city of Springfield 32 years ago as an IBEW apprentice and worked his way up to the foreman position. He retired this month and passed away just Sunday. Drew worked as a lineman for 32 years and was highly recognized as a mentor working as a job foreman. His experience and knowledge will be greatly missed at City WLP. He volunteered at Little Flower and in other community activities. Uh, the second employee that passed away this month was Selvarn Jones. She started with the City of Springfield in OBM, Office of Budget and Management, 36 years ago. She went to work in the Recreation Department until the department went to the public, uh, Park District. Uh, she was rehired in recent years and was the voice of CWLP as a switchboard operator. She was on medical leave when she passed away uh, the middle of this month. So Barn greeted our community uh, for the last several years as our switchboard operator. She was a community volunteer serving in many capacities. So let's uh, have a moment of silence for both of our city employees. Thank you. And we'd also like to continue to wish well our firefighter who had severe burns two and a half weeks ago responding to a trailer fire. Uh, he is still not back on duty. Well, speedy recovery to the firefighter and just uh, tragic to hear those uh, two other uh, city employees that passed away uh, one right after he retired oh, it's just it's tragic uh, so sorry to hear that and I'm sure the the, the families are in a, a time of grieving right now uh, but important to, to hear that uh, and to recognize uh, their public service uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder meanwhile jumps right in and uh, presents just what's going to happen with the 34 million dollars the city of Springfield's getting as part of the American Rescue Plan Act, and we've been waiting for these details, and we finally get some, but the mayor gives a broad overview of just how much money not just the city of Springfield's getting, but other governments within the area are getting. And then what that meant to the city of Springfield alone was $34 million, but also to the county, I think they're getting around 30 
plus million dollars and school district a hundred million dollars so <laughs> it is very significant uh, the amount of dollars coming to our communities with regards to the pandemic and the recovery. So that's a lot of money. Uh, what's already going to be uh, spent? Well, we've already heard about a lot of the spending that's already happened from those funds. And as a reminder, $1.4 million was to reinstate the budget cut with the uh, fire department. And then $300,000 uh, went towards uh, establishing a public-private microloan pool of $2 million. 300000 went to that with Justine Peterson. And then uh, if you look at the timeline, we have up until December of 2024 to actually allocate the funds. So these dollars. That's just to allocate them. All right. So they, they, there's actually a deadline for them to actually spend the money, the mayor says. The total amounts have to be spent by December of 2026. So you're going to hear a lot more about how exactly all of this is going to be spent. But the mayor did lay out some specifics in some areas that he's looking to spend this money on. Is the infrastructure modernization. Uh, $11.1 million has been allocated towards that. So for infrastructure and more about that, about uh, the sewer work that's going to be so done. this would include lining, installing, and um, also providing funds for the overhead sewer replacement uh, program, the expansion of that. And then also revenue replacement, so it allows us flexibility right, so we can use it for modernization or converting oil and chip roads. Uh, associated with that, it gives us that flexibility to move in those capital improvement projects that uh, normally would not be covered by uh, city funds. Even more about the spending. These are roads that haven't been touched for decades, probably, that uh, should be, and uh, that's what these dollars are for, something that would not normally be covered under a grant program or something of that nature. So, But there's also different dollars, not just for sewers and roads, uh, but uh, money being used for other things, at least what the, the mayor hopes to do with his proposal here. The uh, next uh, section was uh, building stronger and safer neighborhoods, and this is associated mostly with uh, first responder programs. Of course, within that, uh, improved fire protection uh, coverage with dispatch technology and also um, allocating some funds. Of course, uh, we have budgeted funds for the firehouses, but we'd allocate some uh, towards fire stations. Uh, the other thing would be in-car computers and cameras for the uh, police department and using technological upgrades to help with their system in their calls of duty. And then, of course, with the investment of gun violence reduction initiatives, such as our focus deterrence, that's a program that kind of went by the wayside during the pandemic that uh, doesn't have the funding sources that was effective up until that time that we'd like to bring back. The mayor also looking at uh, spending some of the federal tax dollars on economic recovery. The next one is the category is job creation and economic development. Uh, we've allocated $7 million towards that. One would be uh, broadband access. That was uh, one of the infrastructure initiatives that was specified in the guidelines. And it's really about uh, covering the gap of services so there's no digital divide. Another issue is dealing with housing. The other one would be uh, with regards to planned affordable rehab and infill housing development um, and establishing a structured land bank. And then a workforce and business development. And then uh, lastly, I should mention, this is aside from the $34 million, but we were awarded uh, over $2 million. I think an ordinance is coming tonight to accept that. But those are with regards to HUD-specified ARPA funds that be used for the homeless initiatives. But there's even more spending. 
Next is with regards to clean and reliable water. We've allocated uh, a little over $8 million on that. Uh, one area, of course, and we're looking at this across the board, but uh, specifically with ARPA funds with uh, enhanced cybersecurity. Also, uh, technology to help uh, take a look at what initiatives we can put in place to help with mitigate the lake turnover effect that we just experienced with the odor and the taste of water. And then um, expand our lead line replacement, and then also uh, upgrading uh, equipment, especially uh, dealing with the South Fork pumping station. So a lot of uh, a lot of spending detailed. Uh, of course, aldermen are going to have to approve every bit of those tax dollars going out. Uh, but the the mayor uh, highlighting one other area that uh, he's focused on uh, expending these dollars on. The other items that we're looking at, of course, is reinstating uh, summer programming. Um, also, technology associated with the bookings of conferences, conventions, and the sports tourism. And then also uh, promotion and partnerships with local events and uh, trying to expand those as much as possible. So that's what uh, it sounds like to plan $34 million in spending. It's a lot of money that the city of Springfield is going to be responsible for. All right, coming back, uh, we'll delve into all of the ordinances that were up for consideration and uh, touch on a few of them and then get into uh, some unfinished and new business all on the way here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. Stay tuned. All right, it's the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. They uh, had the Committee of the Whole last night, Alderman Joe McMiniman, the chair this month. Uh, and they were going through a bunch of different ordinances, but before they tackled those that were on the agenda, they had to dip back into ordinances that remained in committee. One of them deals with troubled properties. And Alderman Sean Gregory's been working on this issue for months, if not his entire term, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the, uh, Ill- uh, the Springfield City Council. But uh, it's time to move on it, he says. So they uh, they took this measure out of committee. Here's some details with Alderman Sean Gregory. What we did um, with this amendment was uh, to allow, uh, there is language in here that does allow um, if significant progress is made for um, that time frame to be extended. Um, and we also... Uh, wanted to clear up language that that uh, appeared that it could go longer than uh, additional year. Um, so at the max, um, you know, anyone would have uh, up to two years to get these homes done. Uh, one year, one year, and then at that point, um, they would have to show significant progress um, before we would extend that. And there seemed to be some questions on who would uh, determine if significant progress was made. Uh, so there's still some things that are going to be cleaned up with this and some tweaks to the language. Alderwoman Conley sharing some thoughts. Someone has is currently on a three-year schedule to get their work done. This doesn't give them another year and possibly two years. They're, they're still subject to their existing three-year t- clock, and then all new buildings will have the one-year clock. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, I just want to make sure that was clarified. Thank you. Alderwoman DeCenso also has some concerns. I mean, you can throw some paint on something and, and make it look okay and get an extension. And we just have, as you know, too many buildings that have had too many extensions. Um, I, right before I got here tonight, I sent in something I've been working on for four years. Oh and nothing has been accomplished with this, oh, with this property. So I, I'm concerned about that, but we need to take some sort of step and 
I mean, something has to be done sooner, sooner rather than later. So it seems that everybody's on board with the idea of, uh, you know, holding property owners accountable for, for their troubled properties. Uh, it's just a matter of the, the, the wording, I guess, and that and devil's in the details. Alderman Donilon uh, thanking Alderman Gregory for working on this, but saying there's still some concerns, including from uh, area realtor groups, uh, about uh, the language and how it'll be implemented. We want the problems resolved. And the goal is not to demolish structures in the city of Springfield, but it's to get them back in, in uh, good shape and on the tax rolls and fully functioning. And, and uh, this, uh, again, Alderman Gregory, appreciate the willingness to massage the language. And the language is apparently going to be massaged more, but it's time to move on it, Gregory said. I'm hoping the conversation we can we can move it along and then we got a week to, to talk with them. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens uh, when it's brought up uh, by the city council next week. Uh, Corporation Council Jim Zirkel heard some of the back and forth and uh, he's going to craft an amendment to the measure. We can come up. I was just making some notes. It would be easy to add language that would say something like after where the building is located and any extensions of registration granted and the date of remediation. So we could insert language there. So expect an amendment. Um, they moved forward with that, and uh, we'll hear more on that issue uh, next week. Uh, All right, coming up, we'll hear about city employee and retiree health care costs. A lot of you out there working for the city, retired from the city, you probably got a little bit of sticker shock on your insurance costs. We'll get some explanation on that. Back with the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. There's a council meeting. We digest it, bringing you the highlights. And one of the highlights is probably something a lot of you city employees and retirees already see because you got the bills. And it's your insurance costs going up. Well, they had somebody there from the insurance committee uh, that uh, that broke down exactly what's going on with all of this. Hello, uh, my name is Mike Holland. I'm the IBW rep on the uh, insurance committee. You guys must you know me. All right, so we've heard him speak before, uh, but here's Alderman Redpath asking the question straight up. What's going on with the increased costs? I got some phone calls on the, uh, the, the amounts going up for the retirees. It was kind of people a little upset about it so can you tell me how that was all calculated yeah i think costs across the board are going up all over the place and you got to imagine that yep insurance costs definitely going up uh more from the uh, uh insurance committee uh basically the employees is going up everybody's taking the same percentage increase just like it comes from the ordinance that governs the plan uh, the unfortunate world that we're living in right now that 18-month hit that the healthcare system took from COVID has caused a spike in our just normal across-the-board costs have gone up astronomically. The hospitals, the clinics are trying to keep the doors open, and that's being passed on to us. Yeah, I think uh, everybody's going to be feeling that, not just uh, city employees or city retirees. Um, more from uh, what exactly is going on here? This last couple of years has been bad for us. We've had a lot of uh, catastrophic claims, a lot of cancers on our plan right now, both in the active and the inactive side. That's a blip. We're hoping that also goes back down. And if it does, you know, we're hoping to get back to where we've been. <laughs> I don't know if it's just going to be a blip. I, I appreciate I appreciate the optimism there, but I don't think it's just going to be a blip. I think um, 
you know, it's one of those deals where uh, they're boiling the frog, right? You just you put the frog in the cold water and then you slowly turn the heat up until all of a sudden the frog's dead and it's boiled. Uh, you're not going to see lower prices. I just I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I'm not going to go back to paying twelve dollars for a twelve ounce ribeye at the at the grocery store. That's just not going to be happening. Uh, so prices increasing across the board, including an in insurance. Let's hear more. It is what it is. You know, the bills are there. We've been over budget the last two years because of Yikes. the corona issue. Yeah. Uh, and some other issues as well playing into this. Yeah, like the highest one, point of service family went from 880 to 1008 a month. That's the most expensive plan. Yeah, so that's like a $130 increase a month for a family plan. Um, but, uh, you know, feeding into the costs, there's been a lot of use of the insurance programs for some pretty important issues that are meant to be covered by insurance. The sticker shock, we realize it's there, and it's the best we can do. The last five years, premiums have increased up less than 5%, like 4.5% over five years. We hope this is an aberration and that we won't have to have such radical changes again, but we've contained costs. This committee's done a really good job containing costs, and, and we don't expect, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but we have done held the line quite a bit, and we're hoping that this will be a one-time change. So, yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to the increase, at least, I mean, it might flatten out in the years ahead, but I don't think it's it's going to decrease uh, anytime soon. Uh, moving on, another issue uh, now into new and unfinished business. Uh, Alderwoman Conley wants information from Budget Director Bill McCarty about where this uh, report is on uh, fire department operations. We'll get it in draft form first for internal review with the chief and mayor's office and all that. But yes, eventually the council will certainly get a copy of the finished report. Okay, thank you. I imagine we'll hear a presentation on that as well. Uh, more from Budget Director Bill McCarty. Who's doing the report? Uh, CPSM, their consulting arm. I don't. Uh, Center for Public Safety Management, I think, is what the acronym stands for. They were the group that we hired. Uh, I don't know, over the summer, I think July is when they got started. Yeah, and we remember uh, hearing this debate, and this doesn't deal with the firehouses. This deals with, like, overall fire department operations. So the mayor's wanting to kind of uh, get in there and see, you know, what exactly the intricacies are of the fire department and maybe what could possibly be changed. So we'll likely hear a lot more about that report. Again, that's separate than the report about where to place fire stations. Um, Connolly, though, uh, she kind of started dipping her toes into the water of negotiating labor issues in the full city council. So, Mayor, are, is our fire department going to be able to start hiring soon? Um, ease some of this uh, staffing <coughs> issues? Yeah, I'd um, probably defer to corporate council what can be said since we're in negotiations, but... Um, yeah, well, what can be said? I mean, they're, they're currently negotiating this, and this isn't typically something you hear out in the open. Uh, here's more from the mayor. Should be similar to the police department which would allow the chief to control overtime. Right now, that's not in place. And so that's, uh, that's the difference between the police department and the fire department. So it kind of sounds like the two are starting to negotiate about the fire contract, which is currently under negotiation. And Alderman Redpath interjecting here. As Corporation Council, I'm not sure what well, we actually, can... If, if I Chairman, Mr. Chairman, sorry, could, I we, could I... Uh, pardon me, I'm sorry. Could, uh, could I request that we go into executive session because I was going to ask for this executive session to discuss personnel and contractual issues. Can we skip to go to executive session before we continue this? 
So uh, they agreed, yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue uh, this conversation behind closed doors. And they did go behind closed doors at the tail end of the meeting for about 45 minutes. Uh, but Alderwoman Conley, uh, she, she continued uh, last night. My additional night. question had nothing to do with bargaining, so but, I'll, I'll wait and bring it out later. That's fine. Excuse me, Alderman, I wasn't trying to interrupt. No, no, I know you weren't. I, I'm trying I just... to direct us away from talking about contractual and labor issues before we talk about this in the other room. Right, and I, and I my, the only thing, if I could, just to finish my point. And she continues to talk about uh, labor issues. Again, we have two departments in this city, the police and the fire, where we have a preference, a hiring preference for people with military experience. And these are also two occupations where we're going to, we're going to see higher injuries and higher illnesses. So I would just encourage, Mayor, that you... I'll leave it there. Thank you. <laughs> Again, it started, it started to sound like she's negotiating labor issues, but then I think she realized, oh, well, just go ahead. You guys are going to talk about it behind closed doors, and that's exactly what they did later. Uh, moving on now, um, Alderman uh, Ralph Hanauer, he wants some uh, some general you know, down-to-earth explanation of some of the stuff that Public Works is doing with various roads and overlays. And uh, they're getting blown up with all kinds of questions about what's going on. Uh, and uh, Alderman Hanauer wanted to ensure that uh, the public was fully aware of what's going on. You will get a lot of phone calls. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you are already, but I'm getting hammered. Nate, could you explain what it is you guys are doing so that hopefully it could be on Council Roundup tomorrow Greg Bishop's council roundup, so that everybody knows what what what's going on with the with this and why we're doing it. Also, if you could talk about notification of residents, please. So, uh, love the plug there. Appreciate that. Uh, but no, it's it's important. A lot of people listen to this show because they're busy at night, and you know this is when they're getting ready for work and so on. So it's it's I, I understand the importance of uh, having you know a a general highlight of things that are going on. So uh, Alderman Hanauer asking that uh, Public Works Director Nate Bottom explain what they're doing on some of the roads is they're just getting a lot of phone calls about it. So here is Nate Bottom talking about uh, uh, some of the uh, the different types of things they're doing, new things they're doing to to maintain. The, the Springfield roadways. By doing preventative maintenance, um, you know, just, just like your car, um, doing preventative maintenance, putting oil in it, extends the life of the road. It's very similar to what we're doing here. Um. And he continues to talk about some sciencey public work stuff that's a little over my head. Right now we have two, a program going on um, where we're putting down Reclamite. It's a maltine-based asphalt rejuvenator. Say it with me now, Reclamite. All right. So it, um, it helps basically extend the life of the road, stop the oxidation, and helps uh, basically um, create, have the asphalt get more flexible again. Uh, oxidization, reclamite, uh, what? Um, so it, it goes down basically <laughs> sprayed kind of like an oil, and then, and then they toss lime screenings on top of it. Uh, the lime screenings help um, help basically minimize the tracking. And that's what a lot of people are getting the complaints on too. Yep. Um, we're trying to minimize the tracking by utilizing the lime uh, the lime screenings, and they will come back a couple days after we lay it to to sweep the roads. However, there will be some residual lime screenings that will uh, remain. However, that will that will kind of wash away or or work itself into the pavement. All right. So uh, reclamites, oxidization, lime screenings. Is that what he said? Uh, so it's a, it's a new technique, uh, and it's a, it's a cheaper technique uh, than going in and doing like you know complete overlays and ripping up roads and pouring new roads and so on. Uh, this will help extend the life, he says. But more public works science stuff here. 
Um, this method, Direclamide, extends the life of the pavement seven years, um, so it's, it's a really cost-effective solution. It's about 90, 99 cents a square yard versus an overlay that's 15 to $20 uh, a square yard. I mean, granted, we do have to do those eventually, but we're just trying to spread our tax dollars out. And we also are doing a CRF, a restorative seal, that's a little bit... Um, so the, the sorry, let me back back up to the reclamites. <laughs> so then he starts talking about the reclamites and and the oxidization and uh, again doing some more public works science stuff. And uh, I think people really just want to know that what Alderman Donnellan distilled it as. He just he 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 said, listen, okay, we're getting a lot of calls here. So explain to it just real simply here. here answer this question. Nate, just just to be clear, and and you you clarified this yesterday on the phone. Asphalt streets are not being oil and shipped. That is absolutely not <laughs> the case. This is something completely different. It's, it, it is different. Yep, yeah, we're not. Thank you for that clarification. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg Bishop, we would appreciate you putting this on Council Roundup. I will. Oh my God. Look at you. I will. <laughs> All right. Begging for airtime. Yeah, Beg, begging for airtime. He is absolutely begging for airtime. <laughs> No, but I love it. I think it's good to know that it's a new process uh, and it's going to extend the life and it's saving tax dollars down the road. Um, but <laughs> again, I just I love how Alderman Donnellan really distilled it and said, you know, the main thing we're getting is, are you rock chipping these asphalt roads? No, they're not doing that. It's not rock chip. It's not what you see out on the country roads. Uh, you big city folk, you get uh, you get the the reclamite. <laughs> And the oxidization of the of the uh, of the roadways. All right, uh, Alderman Williams, though he's got a, a, a substantive question about all this. Are somebody inspecting all of them and then just choosing, or or how's that work? Yeah, that's correct. Our, our construction engineer, as well as our engineering technicians, tend to put the program together, and it, okay. it depends upon the, the rating system. I'm not sure why they weren't specifically done. I can double check and see if uh, maybe they were a little bit further gone. Uh, maybe okay. they were a couple years older, and they'll be on the, in essence, the CRF list. This is our first year doing this program, too, just to let you know. So um, communities that do this program the first time have a lot of questions, like obviously yeah. everybody does, um, and then people get used to it. Um, but uh, it could be that, um, like, say that those are a little bit past being able to be reclamited so within a <laughs> year or two and it may be three or four years so we may need to do a crf restorative seal I, I, I didn't know you can make reclamide a verb they're getting reclamited um all right so enough of that i appreciate that uh, explanation there and for the uh, for the plug for the uh, council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you gotta head west uh alderman joe mcminiman wants to know about uh, what's going on with a uh, tiff extension do we have any update on our um, efforts to extend Enos Park TIF. Well, the mayor says there's a letter that uh, he wants everybody to sign on to to get this in front of the General Assembly to discuss more about uh, the issues when it comes to uh, the TIF extension. So we'll likely hear more about that as well. Uh, but just a couple of notes here about uh, the Halloween festivities that are coming up. Alderwoman DeCenso, uh, she's highlighting events going on in her ward. Uh, ward 6 is the home of Halloween here in the city of Springfield. So <laughs> just to let you know. Um, right? See, the mayor agrees. Uh, Glenwood will be closed down. They want to see people, and it is the best place to go trick-or-treating in the city. A lot of historic homes. Um, the whole area around Blessed Sacrament is kind of blocked off, so come over and bring your kids and have a great time. 
But there's a little bit of competition, even though Alderwoman Conley says it's not competition. Not that I want to fight with um, Alderwoman DeCenso on the home of, of Halloween. Um, but I did want to add under new business that there is a trunk or treat at the Douglas Avenue Methodist Church on Sunday from 2 to 4. So certainly you can swing by Ward 8 before you go to Ward 6 to get your candy. And one last little Halloween thing here. Um, can't have Halloween without a blood drive. Here's Juan Huerta. Uh, this Friday we're having a blood drive at the library, uh, 11 to 4. So 11 to 4, get to the blood drive. And what is it? A uh, blo- blood drive. A blood drive, okay. Yeah, right. at the library. It's Halloween, blood drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, so come on. You guys can, you can sign up. In Ward 6. So, you gonna dress up as a vampire, Juan? <laughs> you gonna dress up as a vampire? 